0: Welcome to 154, London's first international contemporary art fair. Um, this is our opening panel for today. Um, hosting will be uh, hosting will be Christine Ayen. Christine Ayen is the Guild Research Fellow in Contemporary Art at the University of Central Lancaster. She develops projects around contemporary art from Africa and the diaspora in the UK and internationally. As an art historian, she has. Uh, she is particularly interested in, in highlighting under-researched narratives and marginalised discourses, notably the field of modern art, South African exile um, from 1970 to the ni- 1980s, and feminist perspectives. As an independent curator, she has been involved with several biennials, including the, the Br- Brighton Photo Fringe, um, at the Brighton Photo Biennale, uh, the th- Third Photo Quay Biennale, and Dakar Biennale in 2012. Um, we also have. Uh, collaborators uh, Zineb Sidera and Koi Kuo, of which I'll first uh, introduce Zineb. Zineb Sedira works in Paris, Algiers, and in London. She is exhibited at the Venice Biennale in 2001, Tate Britain in 2002, and the ICP Triennale in 2003. Um, her solo exhibitions include the Corner House in Manchester in 2004 and the Photographer's Gallery in London. Uh, we then have Koyo Kuo, um, who's our, our program director here at 154. Koyo is a Cameroonian-born curator and exibi- <coughs> exhibition maker and cultural producer. She founded she a fan- uh, raw material company in Dakar, um, of which she is creative director. Uh, Koyo served on, as a curatorial advisor to both Documenta 12 and 13, specializing in photography, video art, and public space. She has curated numerous exhibitions internationally and written extensively on contemporary art. Recent publications include... Um, condition report, which we'll be selling copies at the back if you're interested, um, and Word, Word, Word by Issa Um and there was supposed to be a book launch of for that very book, but it's um, now cancelled due to uh, health issues on uh, Issa side. So um, can I ask you all not to take pictures throughout the uh, throughout the uh, discussion? Also, if you could turn off your phones, um, and what else is there oh, after the talk is over? If you could all clear out and then come back in. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Thank you all.
1: Thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone, for being here this afternoon. Um, yesterday, I had the pleasure of um, closing the series of artist conversation with Sena Mokuzeto, um, whose work um, looks at um, women's empowerment through culture and economics. And it's quite fitting today to sort of c- continue this conversation with Koyoko and Dineb Sedira. Um, Before we look at uh, Koyo and Zineb's work and um, look at the book, I think it's worth uh, recontextualizing some of the perceptions around curatorial practice and contemporary African art, especially in the framing of this fair um, when um, African art is placed on the global art scene. There's been this debate for, I don't know, the the last decade about the fact that how contemporary African art was perceived on the the global arena was the... the, It was the result of a male-dominated Western-based practice. But at the same time, most of the recent private um, artistic initiatives in terms of creating um, art institutions on the continent have been led by women. Um, the most prominent of which are uh, Douala Art, founded in 1991 with a, uh, by Marilyn Douala and, and Didier Schaub. Um There's also been a, a townhouse uh, gallery, not, uh, it's not a women's initiative, but in, in um, townhouse in 98 in um, Egypt. Um, at the turn of the century, of course, we've had uh, Appartement 22 by um, Abdelah in 2002. But then we had CCA Lagos in 2007, Raw Material in 2008, the Centre for Historical Reenactments in uh, Johannesburg in 2010, um, Atelier SAM by Bill Kuelani, Kuelani um, and Aria by Zineb in 2012. So a lot of initiatives um, developed, uh, developed by um, women, uh, you know, art, c- cultural product, product, producer, sorry. Uh, so Koyo, I wanted to ask you, what prompted your motivation to create raw material? And um, I also want to draw attention to the book, uh, and I would recommend it, in which you, you mention the, this, this, this urgency to fill the void.
2: Ah, oh, wow. Um, I wanted to see art without furniture. I think that was the main reason. So. Ex- explain,
1: <laughs> expand on that.
2: And I wanted to uh, to uh, to uh, to produce art that uh, that goes beyond painting, and uh, and also that that has a, a strong hold on the immediacy of the environment somehow and. Uh, Provide artists with a space where they have the luxury to to think and to uh, to come up with ideas that are in response to the immediate environment. Basically, mm-hmm. this is one, and uh, and I wanted to. Uh, it was uh, necessary, I think, in a place like. Uh, like Dakar specifically, which is a mythical city in Africa. For those of you who don't know, it's the cultural mecca of West Africa. And, uh, you know, very much infused by the Sangorian utopias of the early independencies, 1950s, 60s, and, and 70s, and all the way to the 80s, when, early 80s when he left power. So um, it was basically uh, 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 an urgency or an urgency to uh, to uh, to have a space where art is dealt with on a critical level, and not only in terms of aesthetics and you know, in terms of uh, decoration and leisure. And this idea, very kind of lyrical idea of uh, of uh, consuming, producing, showing art in a context of uh, uh, entertainment, so to speak. So I I was I was I thought that it was not doing service to either the production of uh, of art nor the comprehension of it, and. Uh, it was important to uh, have a, an independent space that provided uh, this kind of room, this kind of freedom. And, uh, and also uh, um, Dakar is, uh, one can consider Dakar vibrant from depending what perspective, but one looks at it, I didn't consider it vibrant. I still don't. Actually, I started raw material company to stop complaining, but I have not stopped complaining. <laughs> so I'm still complaining, and um, um, I just believe that uh, it is important to uh, to consider art as a as a as a, uh, a very significant um, social economical, political, historical factor in the society. And I didn't like, and I still don't like, the way some of uh, the institutions and people look at art and treat it. So that's why I wanted to do it myself.
1: Okay, Zined, I'm going to ask you the same question. What prompted you to create ARIA? Okay,
3: (coughs) ARIA started really with, um, with me in 2005. Um, I mean, in fact, in 2002, I went back to Algeria a lot, as opposed to before, for political reasons. It wasn't as easy to go back to Algeria. I started traveling in to, 2002. And in 2005, I had my parents are not from Algiers, actually, they're from Laores, which is um, you know, quite far away from Algiers. So um, I went to Algeria a lot and I discovered the art scene. I was meeting a lot of artists locally. So in 2005, I, I had access in a flat in Algiers, which I took come. And um, from that, informally, I actually visited a lot, invited people to come with me, creator, artist, um, international from, you know, friends sometimes. Um, and I realized that by doing that informally, there was a lot of entries that a lot of people were telling me, oh, you can go to Algeria, it is possible, it is really possible to do that, so can you help us, we'd like to go. Of course, Algeria is a country where you need a visa as opposed to perhaps Tunisia and Morocco and other places. So people always see Algeria as uh, this space which is impossible to enter. So I've kind of allowed that and helped that kind of vision to shift a bit among a certain group of of person. So from 2005, I invited a lot of people to come, kept coming back after and meeting artists also. And, And then in 2011, I've decided to kind of officialize that to create a space area Artist residency in Algiers, and to apply for some fundings. Um, we are an artist-run space, a non-profit organization, and I applied to some money through Afac, which was, which is the Arab Fund for Art and Culture, mm-hmm. based in Beirut, but gives money to uh, Arab project, let's say. Uh, and we decided, I decided to do um, a pilot, pilot, year, just to see. To evaluate. We're going to talk about that after. So, anyway, so uh, that's how it started in 2011 with this. So, we invited up to now the first year for artists. Now, we've got an extra two, uh, and we will go uh, for another two, so four years roughly. Uh, Artists from the Maghreb region, for me, it was very important that within that project, we give visibility to artists in in Morocco and Algeria, uh, Morocco and Tunisia and Algeria, obviously, um, because I believe it's uh, very underrepresented in the Middle East. We're not Middle Eastern enough somehow, so we never get to get the promotion that the other one in the Middle East do. But also in terms of the African continent also, we're not somehow African enough to be sometimes represented within that. And I'm saying sometimes, it's not always the case. Uh, I think the the whole discourse about Africa has changed, you know, thank God for that. So, uh, and then as well as artists from, from um, Morocco and Tunisia and Algeria, also international artists. So we have had people like uh, Alfredo Ojar coming up. We had an artist from Palestine. We had, uh, you know, uh, Mohamed Bourissa, Franco-Algerian <laughs> artist. So mm. it's, it's quite open, yeah. but mm. the project always had to be um, a research project. It's not a production-based project. And also uh, we only invite because it's not an open, uh, open call process. We can't do that yet. Uh, we invite only artists that we believe can respond or have an interest in their practice uh, that connects with Algeria yeah, somehow, you know.
1: Uh. So can I say the difference between the, the way you started your uh, institutions, yours is more with the, you know, in reaction to the lack of, uh, you know, state uh, support for the art or, yeah.
3: And was, is that, was well, that... very much the same thing, actually. Okay. When you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, we obviously connect in many, many ways. Um, for me it was to first of all because the Algerians find it very difficult to get out of Algeria because of the visa situation in Europe, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I thought if they can't go out, the artists, and see art abroad as they should be doing because there is no real production locally, I've got to bring people to them. So mm-hmm. I've got to bring artists. So for each artist that comes and does a residency, they will have some kind of involvement with the local artistic scene via a talk, a workshop, informal or formal discussion. So there is always this kind of, uh, yes, it's, it's in fact a platform where they can meet and talk. So it's a way to bring art to them. But then also the idea was for those artists that are invited to hopefully produce a body of work that might be made in Algeria, and so become ambassador in many ways, you know, about... Okay. Uh, so. Okay. Uh, so, um, in, the,
1: in the book, uh, Simon Jamy makes uh, an interesting point about uh, the, the creation of um, independent institution, uh, not solely as repon- responding to the void uh, you know, left by the state, but also uh, responding to, th- to the desire, um, f- you know, the, the desire from the uh, initiators of these uh, uh, projects to f- share, uh, you know art in a different way and also to have more freedom in terms of you know what they put forward or what you know what work is being seen because sometimes when you're working or exhibiting within the frame of uh, the official institution you can't be critical or you you know there are certain territories that you can you know, that you can't um, you can't go beyond certain limits so is, is that something that also sparked your interest in
2: Especially, okay. I mean, at, at Raw Material Company, I mean, one of the uh, the the organization obviously now works on on multiple, I mean, runs multiple avenues. But uh, one of the 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 really the core uh, um, kind of founding activity was to provide access to knowledge. You know, to provide access to. Uh, to uh, theory, to provide access to criticality, uh, and uh, the the very first uh, uh, activity of the of the center was uh, to establish a library, and uh, a library that is uh, that is uh, specialized in uh, in uh, contemporary uh, artistic theory, and uh, borderless, you know, and uh, with, uh, with a strong uh, hold on books on artists or artist books and also uh, uh, with a strong um, holdings on uh, exhibitions because uh, this is uh, uh, curatorial practice and uh, and cultural theory so um, I think that that was uh, the the really and still the the, the the sort of uh, Roving uh, and binding thread throughout our uh, all our activities because uh, I I strongly believe that uh, they call it education as such or knowledge sharing, knowledge production, but it's basically insight, you know. And uh, and I strongly believe that uh, uh, theoretical uh, knowledge uh, enhances or increases awareness and also uh, increases uh, criticality and uh, one of my uh, things that I still complain about but uh, is, uh, I, I complain but I do something also. So it's not, I'm not just complaining. Uh, that I still complain about is that uh, uh, regardless, especially at African uh, uh art academies, criticality is not extremely uh, 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 developed, yeah, especially, especially in, the, in, the, in the former French colonies. Ask me why, I don't know it's the case, that's the reality. So, and we are doing our next symposium, because this book is uh, the result of the, of the first symposium that we did, and our next symposium is uh, looking at artistic education in a formal and non formal uh, way and also holding symposiums for us is part of this production of knowledge and production of discourse and production of I'm also taking ownership you know of uh, of all this uh, uh, knowledge production in a sense that uh, it is uh, a knowledge that is produced out of uh, uh, had you a kind of uh, a local Involvement and the practice-oriented knowledge, also, you know. Okay. So it's the uh, it's uh, so that is that is really that is really uh, uh, very important. And uh,
1: I'll, I'll come back yeah. to that as well mm-hmm. because I had questions about the definition of knowledge production. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to come back to this. Uh, idea, I mean, this huge type of uh, building or creating your own institution in Africa, and Zineb uh, um, you've uh, explained a, a little bit. But I want to ask you, Koyo. Uh, what was the next step, and how d- how did you proceed? You know, when the getting the venue or uh, the funding. What was
2: uh, what were the toughest challenges that you faced? Wow, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it's like what was first the egg or the hen? Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, I think it was it was it was difficult in all senses. I mean. First of all, because it's a a private initiative and the cultural private sector is not a a very vibrant and active sector in Dakar at least. And um, funding is always an issue. It's always a a major, major problem. But uh, uh, I I was lucky. I got some seed funding from uh, Arts Collaboratory. And uh, the other part of the funding, I I put myself because which I'm still doing also. Uh, you you still have to do a lot of uh, self. Uh, how do you say self S- self placement. self funding? Self, yeah. uh, you know, because uh, money is never really enough. Uh, what was more difficult? I mean. It was initially we wanted to set raw material company sort of as a para educational uh, para university uh, 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 program. So I lost uh, two years of my time trying to convince the Dakar University how important it would be to have a. Uh, a program like that within the university where you don't have an art history program where you don't have a, a curatorial program I which mean exactly
1: which is surprising in Dakar, exactly. which which surprising
2: surprising in Dakar in. but that's the reality mm-hmm. so uh, so in response to that that was what I was offering but it didn't we didn't succeed and I, is in, in it, is it,
1: excuse me is it uh, so you mentioned that the symposium yeah. in Dakar but mm-hmm. is it is it this place at the Yifan. Yeah. Okay. Mm
2: -hmm. And in retrospect, I must say that I think that uh, in retrospect, I'm happy that it did not succeed because somehow my my kind of idealistic idea of, you know, providing or giving means and, you know, feeding in uh, were too naive in the sense that uh, I think as soon as you get into any kind of... uh, uh, institutional setting you, you lose a lot of freedom also so uh, i think that in retrospect we are very happy to be totally outside of any sort of institutional hold and be able to do our program the way we think it should be done mm-hmm. so um and was yeah. it a challenge to find the,
1: the house i mean the, the building mm-hmm. where you no, are i and mean and there sitting. is
2: never a challenge as soon as you have money you know <laughs> We had a little bit of money, so we found a house and we had ideas how it should be, so we made it. And how long did it take you from
1: the moment you got the house to turn it, turn it into the raw material? Four um, months. Spe- oh, okay. It's faster than how they built institutions, yeah. Uh, and you, Zineb, you mentioned that you applied to AFAC, was it straightforward or? It was quite
3: straightforward, straight. yeah, the first year. And the second year we applied to the Prince Klaus and we got some money also, and, and we got some money also from other okay. organization. Okay. Um, but I mean, perhaps it was a bit easier in my case because there was a flat there, so I didn't have to find the space but it is not, I mean, I've got to stress, it is not an exhibition space, you know, mm-hmm. like your space. It is not even a space where you can really...
2: Leave.
3: Oh, no, yeah, have okay. symposium or things like that, because it is a flat, it's a big flat, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, it is it is not that type of of, of space, if you know uh, yeah. what I mean. But we do, having said that, we do organise um, discussions uh, with resident artists, but also any, any artists that will come to Algiers that I know of, for a project, uh, depending, you know, not not, not to do with us. I will ask them if they would agree to uh, do a Mm. discussion or workshop or give a talk at L'Ecole des Beaux-Arts because Mm. like you said, in Algeria also, L'Ecole des Beaux-Arts is totally lacking in criticality and and other things too, but criticality and art history is not, uh, yeah, Mm. needs to be strongly developed. So we try to kind of really um, create that kind of uh, interest also. Um. But
1: coming back to the challenges, I remember when you were in one discussion we had about you, know, you setting up oh ARIA, yeah, there was this question of st- status, of, yeah. the, of the structure, mm-hmm. you know, it, administratively speaking, is it, it was a challenge, I guess? Or?
3: Well, it wasn't a challenge because we had to do it in England, we mm-hmm. couldn't do it in Algeria, mm. so because there, there is no such a space, such a space do not exist, even legally, so you can't... There is no, you know, no text so for really you to... it's a pioneering initiative yeah. and you're setting yeah. a precedent. And then yeah. You know. yeah. Okay. Uh, now in
1: terms of running the venue, um, Koyo, you presented as a multi-hat person. your are cultural uh, producer, col- exhibition maker, venue director, curator. So how do you reconcile all these activities and what are the challenges to, ch- to shift from writing or curating and, you know, tending to the very practical aspects of maintaining a building, managing a team, and all this administrative aspect of uh, having an institution.
2: Well, uh, this may sound pretentious now, but when you're born and raised in Africa, you learn that, you learn polyvalence immediately. This is something that you, you just have to be able to do. And, uh, and I think that uh, my cultural background provided me with uh, these kind of possibilities, and also that life in itself has uh, so many, uh, you know, facets that uh, you cannot be mono-functioning, mm-hmm. you know. So. And I think that that helps a lot in, uh, in 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 that sense. Of course, there are challenges. It's not easy. I, uh, when I speak of it, it's me. I don't want it to sound easy. What I just want to say is that it is possible. It is challenging. It is difficult. But uh, you you just have to do what you have to do, you know. And uh, and. Uh, in my personal case, uh, my engagement for the arts, for the artist, and for the uh, recognition and respect of it is, uh, is, so, is so full that uh, uh, I fight on many fronts. So, yeah, I just...
1: Uh, you just, you get, just get it done. Yeah, you get mm. it done yeah. and you
2: just do it. Yeah. It's like Nike, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Just, just do it.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, Well, same question for you Zineb, Um, and I think for you particularly because you're an artist so you always have this idea, I mean that's not the reality, but you have this fancy idea of the artist in the studio just producing work, but you now have to create your own work, and actually as as an artist you also involve other um, Mm. people in the production of your work, but you also have not this manage your um, area and yeah. so I want to ask you you know how do you reconcile those two
3: worlds and who do you work with and what do you yeah. delegate you know when do you stop them well please? I guess I mean it's an extension to my old practice I mean I've been doing a lot of work on Algeria not only on Algeria but so it come quite naturally for me to go there so for aria when I need to go there you know in some ways it's kind of uh, it makes sense in many ways but it is true that as an artist you it kind of it does talk, takes a lot of my time a lot of traveling, so, um, I mean, very quickly, on, early on in, in the project, I, I invited uh, Yasmina Ariga to join as a project curator. Uh, and so, you know, she does do a lot of the work um, and uh, I'm there when I need to be there, but often I'm also behind the scene because I can you know, I need to concentrate on my practice, uh, which is sometimes a bit disappointing or frustrating, but nevertheless, that's what needs to happen, it's, it's, you know. Um, I do really see it on the same level as my practice, for me it's very important, um, but uh, I've been practicing for much longer so I kind of uh, you know, mm. keep going at it. Yeah. In terms of programming, you, you've both
1: chosen to develop an approach that caters for a local audience and artistic community as, as you've explained, but also you're opening up to artists from across the world. So I, I want to ask you why that choice, although you've st- sort of touched on it already, and how is it perceived locally by you know by the audience and also the artists, the artistic community? Um, Koyo, maybe you can answer.
2: Uh, well, we our ex- I mean we we I must say that we run on four kind of programs. I mean one of the a very important program that I, I said earlier is the, is, the, is the library and which is also the publication program where we do uh, the educational program, I mean the talks, the presentations, the symposium and all that is part of that we call library uh, 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 program and then we have this uh, 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 very extensive tightly curated exhibition program that uh, runs uh, five to six exhibitions a year. And uh, uh, the residency program, which is also a little bit like Aria, we don't, there is no open call, so we we don't accept applications because uh, it's already difficult enough to run uh, a residency program, but we cannot, I mean, we cannot feed and uh, be fair to uh, open call application because you will have to explain people why you are not taking them. Mm. So uh, this, is, uh, this is also very important. So um, how um, people react to our programme. Our programme has always, from the very beginning, been uh, nourished by the idea that um, it is not necessarily for a mass production or a mass consumption, consumption, but rather uh, uh, a very astute and a very clear uh, theoretical, political, historical position. So, And we don't al- also call ourselves a centre for contemporary art. We are a centre for art knowledge and society. So what we put behind art is quite obvious and what we put behind knowledge also, and what we put behind society is everything that feeds knowledge and art. So that comes from life, that comes from politics, that comes from history and, and so on. So, and
1: can I ask you, yeah. I mean I get the, <coughs> how do you, I mean can you ex- extend, expand maybe on the society, yeah. I mean art we understand and knowledge we understand, but how does society feed into the project? In, in society
2: fits into the project by uh, by everyday life, for instance, by uh, uh, social issues, by political issues, oh, by you mentioned yeah, the l- by um, yeah.
1: the book that you did during the the right the, the, the riots, elections. Yeah, when exactly. For instance, Chronicle
2: yeah. of a Revolt is mm-hmm. uh, is society getting into art mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, and also by uh, by responding not respond not just responding by by addressing and tapping on issues that are sort of considered taboo and our next uh, yearly program will be looking at homophobia in Africa through the arts and cinema and so on and uh, We all know that it's a a very, very serious matter in many countries and uh, nobody really dares to speak about it, and we do, and uh, things like that. That is society, Uh, And how people respond to our program, I think, you know, this is, I I really think that uh, the art crowd, so to speak, or the art uh, community, if there is a community, uh, is more or less the same everywhere, you know. Uh, I I don't think that, uh, the I mean, the profile of people who consume or produce art, who are interested in artistic discourse or in artistic production, is more or less the same everywhere. So you always have like a mix of uh, middle class, well-educated, uh, 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 artists, and so on. That's the same everywhere, and in mm. so-called uh, economic, e- economically less developed uh, region, you have all the crowds of ex- expats. So, mm. And uh, um, people respond differently, and I think that uh, for us at Raw Material Company, the, the, the main, one of the main drive is still that we are still educating our audience. Mm-hmm. And in in terms, can I ask, because mm-hmm.
1: in, in fact, what, um, what I sort of wanted to bring out is the idea that, you know, by doing what you're doing, bringing international artists to Algeria and Dakar, you sort of allowing, also, you, you're sort of facilitating um, an exchange, or the, at least the chance for local artists to have access to to those artists coming from abroad. So uh, I was just wondering how, I mean, Zineb, you've a little bit explained that the artists are giving talks
3: at the Ecole des Beaux-Arts. And, you know. Yeah, but not only that, We or, or, some, some Algerian artists are also invited, because we're also invited to curate shows yeah. outside of Algeria and we're commissioning artists. So we actually create op- possibilities, opportunities for local Algerian artists to, exhibit or do residency outside and that happened quite a few times over the last two years but unlike um Koyo, our public is really the art scene mm. because we don't have a platform I mean, the when it extends a bit it's when it's the uh, they do a talk at l'école des beaux-arts and perhaps l'école des beaux-arts allows for anyone to enter the, the the seminar if you want but for anything that happens in the flat really at the moment it's very much we can't invite just anyone from the street to come yeah. it's not like a an open space or gallery space. So in that sense, it's a bit limiting mm. uh, and it's really catered for that community, that artistic community. Uh, but you know, who knows, you nothing know, changes, so, you know, we... Yeah,
1: and could you, I mean, I'm still uh, to the same question. Um, I mean, some local artists, like for instance, when you organize a symposium, we've uh, got some images here of Marie, Louis mm-hmm. Marion. Marion. Um, I mean, it's sort of, it provides an opportunity for Dakar-based artists maybe Mm -hmm. to exchange with those artists. I mean, do you see that happening at Raw
2: Material? Oh, yeah. um, Oh, yeah, very much so. I mean, Mm -hmm. even before Raw Material Company was established as a physical space, we were always holding uh, master classes, for instance, at the art school, when we had uh, international artists visiting. And uh, um, it is, uh, we, have, we run a very clear uh, uh, talk programme, which is called Vox Artists. It's a monthly programme where we invite local artists, cultural producers, practitioners, People passing by, you know, because it's a program that is not extremely well funded, so we cannot. Wait, you mean people passing by. Like I mean, people visiting Dakar. Okay. You know, if we, for instance, we know that you will be visiting Dakar, we'll try oh, okay. to get you to come and uh, give a talk. will
1: Dakar in May, I think, You
2: know, like so, so something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really. Uh, um, oh, this it's
1: is, sorry, just to interrupt. Uh, this is Didier Schaub and Marilyn Doualabelle who founded uh, Doualat.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're seeing the slide of the symposium that we held uh, a month and uh, one and a half years ago, that was looking at uh, uh, independent art spaces in, uh, in in Africa. I mean, it was the first time that uh, such a gathering was organized, and that uh, all major uh, uh, spaces, independent spaces in Africa, came together to discuss issues pertaining to their practice and to their work. So, uh, and we don't only work with uh, international artists, I mean, uh, uh, you may be aware that I'm doing a, a quite a substantial work with uh, artist Issa Samb, yes. since, uh, since a few years, who is, uh, for but me... But uh, yeah. I mean, uh,
1: you mean that he's not an international artist? I mean, he's a... A I, mean, no, quite quite a
2: international non, I mean artists coming from yeah, abroad, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, so what I want to say is that we also work a lot with local yes, artists, yeah. you
1: know. And you have, uh, I want to ask now, because you're, you know, you're saying that your um, approach, I mean, you, you're looking at, you're sort of treading on grounds that are not uncharted, but like, you have more freedom to be critical and to address other issues and do you have a different uh, audience than the french institute for instance or do you i mean do you feel that people engage differently uh, with your space than they would the uh, galerie le manège or something it
2: depends on what when when it comes to openings you know openings i actually hate openings you know it's very paradoxical for an exhibition maker and a curator Oh, uh, it's when it comes to openings of exhibitions, it's a social event, it's like going to a party, you know? mm-hmm. it's, uh, you're not going to see works or to see the artist, you're going to socialize, so the, uh, in terms of the opening audience, we share the same audience as such. But in terms of programming, totally differently, because we totally run, we run totally different programs, mm-hmm. you know, in terms, I mean, our talks and education program is, uh, is so, uh, I mean, they call us radical. Oh, okay. Yeah, that we are too radical. So, but, so.
1: They, they? Lots uh,
2: of people. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, in in this book that I recommend that you get this book, um, you mentioning at the end of your essay that you didn't want to open a space, an art space, but you had no choice. And I seem to remember that raw material was announced before you had the venue as a as a platform. As I an mean term it better than me, but as I understood it, as a laboratory or a platform mm-hmm. for research. Um, so I wanted to know. If you set yourself a trial per- period where you said, "I'm, you know, I'm creating raw material and I see how long it works," and if it works, I'm setting myself a deadline or something like that. Can you explain this?
2: I mean, well, tell us if you have this process. I, I, it's difficult. I don't know. I mean, you cannot, uh, an pace with uh, with such a. An idea behind it is like an organic material, you know, you have to leave it, let it develop itself. I mean, it's, the, it's not, I mean, you can, you can try, of course, to, uh, to orient it and give it a direction, but uh, you have to stay very flexible and very open mm-hmm. to, to sort of be able to absorb and integrate the developments that that uh, that uh, the the thing takes on itself, you know, and so the changes
3: that might happen, and
2: yeah. also the changes, and also you know. So I uh, uh, and generally, I'm personally never a very kind of fixed person in a sense. You have to give room. I mean, room is important in uh, in any context. So. Um, I think that raw material will tell me itself when it wants to end or if it wants to continue but I also believe that uh, the funding the sustainability part will also inform the longevity the longevity mm-hmm. we're going to talk of, uh, about that of uh, of uh, of, the, of that and I also I mean if you think take the example of my my friend and colleague from Johannesburg Gabi in Ksobo, who let Center for Historical Enactment die. Mm. I mean, sort of committed suicide. I mean, an institutional suicide on purpose, which I think it's uh, it's very brave and courageous. I mean, mm. I think that uh, uh, it's not only the the, the kind of uh, uh, feeding uh, a, a space like that with ideas, with work, and with uh, all the challenges that. Uh, most of you know, but it's also, I think the funding part determines a lot and I think for me that would be one of the re- reasons how raw material could look like in the future or not.
3: Mm. And Dinev, you, you did set a sort of a pilot, I mean, pilot. To be honest, from the starting point to now, a lot of things have happened and, and beyond even my, me even trying to provoke those changes, but I mean the demand has been very important. You know, a lot of people have contacted us being interested by what we were doing, being interested by the Algerian art scene um, and and coming also to Algerian, perhaps, you know, organising in December we're doing a little symposium in the flat, you know, uh, around the the idea of archives. So a lot of things happens because of the demand and obviously the funding, you're very right. I mean, because now we're getting more money than we did a year ago. We can do things better, bigger, Uh, and in that sense, it kind of cheats the whole... um, uh, idea of the, of the residency project to start with. And as I said, we're curating a lot now. You know, I mean, Yasmina Regatti is a curator, but we kind of are invited to create quite a lot. So it kind of shifts uh, the, the, the initial idea. Uh, and perhaps we will also at one point go out of the residency space of the flat space and go into perhaps a space like yours, where we will also uh, organize exhibition locally. I mean, in Algiers, there is a bit of money from the Ministry of Culture, so we're kind of looking at it at the You're moment. Lucky. And Yes, <laughs> we are, whether we get it or not, it's another story. <laughs> but there is money for uh, such projects, so we, we are actually looking into uh, perhaps getting some money from, from there. Um, and as where, where ARIA will be in, I mean, sometimes I think as long as there is demand, ARIA will exist, you know? When people will be blasé and tired of what's happening in Algeria or going to Algeria, perhaps it won't exist anymore. And I don't think me myself necessarily I will be still behind it in ten years time. But I hope somebody will take over and and carry on uh, the work as well as obviously. You know, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, but it's very important that we are a group
2: of. I mean. A project. I mean, this, oh. this 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 symposium was really looking at it, and I really recommend you to get the book. It's not only supports road material company; you really get smart out of it, you know. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's that uh, uh, this uh, it was really my whole. Uh, curatorial interest is really also about building art institutions mm-hmm. and art and building an institution building as a curatorial practice and Sara Rifke writes about it in the collection. Also because to go away from the so extremely, which is in Africa so often the case, personalization of, uh, of, uh, of a project, you know. So my, my actually, when you, when you tell me how where I see raw material company in a few years, I always tell people that I actually want to move to Brazil in a few years, you know, <laughs> and want to be there design shoes and someone else will be there running raw material company and I can forget about it and I can do something else. So I think that uh, if uh, if I manage to set raw material company as a real institution that can go beyond my persona, mm. then I think I've succeeded. Yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm.
1: think it will be my story. I mean you're really creating something
3: and you know, a milestone or groundbreaking institutions on the continent. But not, not only, I mean, I do feel that areas, uh, I mean, that type of model is unique in Algeria. Mm. And I really would like, you know, other models to be created around us so that we can support each other yeah. and actually do that journey together. But at the moment, this is not the case. So it's quite painful it's- because a lot of artists are turning to us and they expect us to give them everything but we can't obviously, you know, we don't have the resources, the money, at the time, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, coming back to sustainability, uh, obviously it's crucial
1: to all activities and structures. Um, and we can see that in the West, there's been funding cuts, so everyone's struggling for money in the arts. Um, you've touched a little bit about it. I was going to ask you how you sustain your activity, so you, you've, you've mentioned that. Um, but I also want to highlight the fact that you're both non, non-for-profit, non, non-commercial um, institutions, yet you do get involved in the art market and the art fairs. And I want to ask you, what strategies do you, do you develop? Did, do you develop in this respect? Um, Koyo, you can mention. I mean, I've, been, I've seen some of your. I was in Art Dubai, so I have, I've had the chance to see your selection there, and, uh, and Zineb, after you
2: can talk about mm-hmm. the work uh, Well You have to be creative in finding sources of sustaining yourself, because uh, in the non-profit uh, uh, world for uh, art insti- art institution, what do you have at, what are kind of your, s- especially doing the kind of practice that we do, we don't show kind of normal art that people can come and enjoy easily. So uh, what do you have at, at uh, what can you have? You, you depend on mainly foreign funding and I really have to say thank you to my funders who are sitting here, they support me so much to come to London to listen to, uh, to the to to this talk, it's uh, Gertrude Plentier and uh, Chantal Védon from uh, Arts Collaboratory in Amsterdam. Uh, is that uh, yeah? You you uh, there is that avenue which is always tricky. We all know mm-hmm. it's tricky in the sense that there is no guarantee from one year to a, to to the next. It's tricky in the sense that it's absolutely boring to write proposal, and especially even more boring to write reports, and uh, uh, and justify how you use the money. So I mean, in talking independence, there is no, I mean you have an intellectual independence, but there is no financial independence. And uh, uh, so you have to be uh, ingenious in a certain way. You have to, uh, uh, find a combination between the non-profit kind of system and the market commercial profit system. And and in the case of raw material company, and this is also why we did never call ourselves Centre for Contemporary Art, blah, blah, is that uh, uh, it was clear for us that we had an entrepreneurial aspect. So, we, we do have uh, uh, within our exhibition program our curatorial program because as a platform for curatorial and research and production practice we do have a clear uh, uh, interest in the market you know and because the market I think that it is it is it is not just because it is important to be to I, I mean at tend to get a certain financial independence, but it is also as a means to provide livelihood for artists, Mm. you know, and a support for our own institution. So then this is why company stands, in the name raw material company, company stands for all that company does, doesn't only stand for collaboration, togetherness, it also stands for business, you know. So, uh, uh, somehow, we are trying in a very uh, shy but clear way to, to reach that. But uh, And uh, so, uh, what was I saying? So, we, we get funding from the donors agency, mainly... Uh, 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 European and uh, we generate our own ways of, uh, of funding also, mm-hmm. so we do servicing, we we do, uh, I mean, when we work curatorially internationally it is uh, it is paid and uh, uh, we run a bar and a restaurant, hopefully, mm-hmm. which is part of curating also.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but, but I had a question about the, I mean, if we take the case of um, Art Dubai, I, mm-hmm. you know, I was I noticed that your, and also you gave a presentation there when, when we all came with the press, and you were saying you know, that your practice as a curator and, and raw, what raw material is showing is, um, you know, art, international art you know, from across the world, but in Dubai you made a specific selection that was Sen- Senegalese, mainly Senegalese mm-hmm. artists. So I just want to ask you, how do you, how do you sort of project what the collectors might buy? I mean, what was your strategy when...?
2: Well, in that, I mean, that was a very uh, good panel about Marker. I mean, the focus on African galleries at Art Dubai this year, which is uh, really all to the merit to Antonia Carver, director of Art Dubai, and uh, which was a wonderful initiative. And, I, I try to be a very simple African woman most of the times, you know. When you go to a market, you want to be sure that whatever you bring, you will sell. <laughs> you don't want to go back with, you know. So, uh, and the fair is first and foremost a market, yes. you know. And uh, when you're invited to uh, to be part of something like that, you 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 take it very seriously because you do it not only as a it's a it's a strategy to support uh your organization and but it's also a strategy to support the artist. So and this is one second I think that as an institution from Dakar going abroad to a fair uh I had the, I had the I had the duty to present Senegalese artists, you know. I do enough international work back home. So, when I go abroad, I think that it is my duty to bring uh, local artists, and uh, there are very strong artists, a selection of strong artists that we did. And and uh, I was not wrong, it, it, it worked very well.
1: Okay. Yeah, I saw some red pastels <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Zineb, you're also organizing a,
3: um, a fundraising. We, we had a fundraising gala in November of... where yeah. we sold some work uh, donated by artists. Mm. Uh, we did okay. Uh, we had also a lot of curators and, I mean, non-collectors, non-buyers uh, supporting us, which was oh. nice. Um, I mean, I'm not really interested in your market with Aria. This is not. This is far from being my priority or my interest. Having said that, when Turia invited us to to be present in this fair, it was obvious for me that I wasn't going to sell. I could have also gathered some pieces of work for sold. But what I wanted to do is to give visibility to an artist in Algiers and commission the artist. And thanks to the Art Council of England, we got some money to be able to commission that artist. So for me, Aria had to be present for the first time, anyway, in an art fair, in that manner, within a project space rather than a selling. Now, I'm not saying if the piece doesn't sell, it'd be brilliant and a little bit will go towards Aria, Uh, but if it doesn't, it was never the purpose of it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So in that sense, but I mean, about the market and about being an artist, the good thing at the stage I am in my art practice and experience I've had is I've got a very good um, address book. And I must say that having a good address book helps, um, helps with fundings and also, uh, you know, attracts. Mm you know, collectors and many. So in that sense, um, I can see it has, it, it does help, you know. Um,
1: so I see we're, yeah. we're sort of mm-hmm. running out we of time. So I, I I'll I go to my uh, final question. Um, in, in, at this, during the symposium in Dakar I asked a question, we talked about it just before, um, about the fact that um, well, Koyo invited a lot of international, um, in the, well, independent institutions, some from Africa, some from other parts of the world, and in, in a way you all shared sort of the same, working in different contexts, you so, sort of shared the same um, challenges and interests uh, interest and, and goals. And I was wondering, well, uh, the question I asked at the, at the time is whether you were, there was scope for you to collaborate, um, you know, as independent institutions. So since then, that, so that was in January 2012, since then there's been the, the experience at, in Dubai and this experience and how, I mean, what do you feel about that and how?
2: Well, yeah. I, I, I'm very happy about any possibility of collaboration. It's not always easy. But I think that people are, the readiness, the mental and emotional readiness is always there. And uh, it's just the circumstances and the possibilities somewhere that, I, that may not follow. But the mental readiness is there. And especially we at Raw Material Company, it's very, very clear for us that uh, uh, it's, uh, it's all about Collaboration—that's why company stands for also not only business. Say,
1: for so. instance, <laughs> Zined has an artist at Aria, and he would exhibit at Roman. I'm just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Just, um,
2: yeah. uh, the thing is that sometimes uh, it's uh, uh, it's very it's very difficult to 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 fine tune programming together because uh, you spend a lot of time and energy to develop a program and to sort of navigate to, to scheduling it that it's not always easy to match it with other your colleagues uh, 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 schedules but, I think the readiness is there, and each time the opportunity arises, that the opportunity is really taken, and that is that is the joy of working in that arena, anyway. You
3: know? And and some collaboration brings money, and some don't. Yeah. yeah, you know, so that also affects whether you can really participate yeah. mm-hmm. in a collaborative project mm-hmm. or not. You know, um, so sometimes ARIA does put some money to some project, but at other time we have to say, okay, yes, we can be part of that, but. We can't spend any money, you know. Mm-hmm. We've got because we've got a budget for the year, and once it's gone, it's gone. You know, oh, we can't. Okay. So that also um, obviously decides whether you can take we on raw this project.
2: material companies, ov- usually also because I mean our program is so cu- curated throughout the year. I mean, from now on, we start our year in October usually, and it is up to J- July 2014. We know what we are doing because mm-hmm. we have a a roadmap, we have a plan, you know, it's, uh, it's fought for, uh, fought through in advance, it's organised, yeah. so mm-hmm. it's, uh, so maybe that doesn't give us all the flexibility mm. either, but at the same time it is necessary for us to have such a, such a schedule, because yeah. this is how you can organise it and plan it, you know, so it doesn't become a total improvisation. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you, yes. thank you very much. But we can uh, take, we can yeah, people have questions, questions and,
2: and we have time. Uh, the next, the uh, next uh, keynote is cancelled due to illness of uh, Syndica Docolo, so we can, we have time to talk.
4: Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. So, hi, my name is Katia Arthi Anton, I'm a curator based in Zurich. Um, I had two questions for you. One is, do you consider that this expansion of art centers throughout Africa is mostly an urban phenomenon, and are you yourselves considering how that might relate to a rural situation, how you might be linking contemporary art within rural scenarios? That's one thing, and um, my second question is, bearing in mind the sort of Western, quite omnipresent institutional history, how do you bear this in mind, do you critique it, do you consider it within your own models of practice in terms of
2: institutions? Well, uh, there are initiatives that are in the rural or in remote places I mean, if you, if you, if you uh, look at it, for instance, an initiative like Piche in Lubumbashi, even though Lubumbashi is in an urban setting, but in relation to Kinshasa, for instance, it's an extremely remote place, you know. So, and uh, they are running a biennial, they are having a, 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 a regular uh, uh, exhibition program and so on. So, I think that that's, uh, that's interesting. There is an art bakery around Douala, which is in the outskirts of Douala. It's not, I mean, it's in the urban kind of uh, uh, metropolitan area, but it's totally remote. There is Banjun station also in, uh, in Cameroon, which is totally remote. And in Senegal, uh, Porte des Passages, Amadou Kansi, has been running an, a holistic art centre Way out of the car since uh, since many years, and it's a it's a it's a work in progress actually. So these are just kind of uh, a few. I mean, there is a Maison Carpe Diem, which is exhibiting here at the fair, which is a which is a gallery, which is in Segu. So and. Uh, there are, uh, and there is Zoma Contemporary in the, in, the, in the highlands of Ethiopia run by Meskere Maseket so it's, uh, who was also part of, uh, of the symposium. So it's, uh, it's not only an urban kind of phenomenon. I think every uh, promoter of uh, a, an initiative or any art initiative in Africa does it within the, 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 how do you say, the contingencies of, uh, of the environment that the person acts in. Of course, I mean, I am an inner city girl. I, I don't have a village, you know. I, I was born in downtown, I always live downtown, and maybe I would die downtown. So it's, uh, 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 it's also very much fed by the people behind it, you know. But I think that uh, there is no either order. The, I mean, the quality of the work is the most important, actually.
3: Yeah, and that doesn't mean that we don't work with artists exactly. who live outside the capital, exactly. you know. Uh, in our case, we work with artists, you know, all over Algeria. We like, tend to try to invite them and include them at things that happens in Algiers, uh, for now anyway. In terms of the Western model, I mean, I I was raised here, I studied here, so obviously, yes, I am influenced by it, but I I think, I hope I know the local Algerian scene quite well and the way it works uh, to actually not just want to, you know, copy the the Western model into the Algerian model. I just have, we just have to work together and and I understand what's expected and, and how things have to be done over there and I really, you know, uh, Tend to to work in that way, you know, over there. But
2: obviously, yes, I have those influences. And just to add to it, I mean, there is always this idea of uh, critiquing the institutional model, the Western institutional model, and so on. I mean, um, we can discuss it like in a in a half in a half a day or. It takes a long time. What I want to say in a nutshell is basically that don't forget that Africa has been influenced and, uh, and raped by the West since 500 years. And that process is not finished yet, you know. So, uh, somehow, uh, we are still sort of learning to regain our own dignity and our own models. And those Western models are still somehow there. Unfortunately, it takes time to get rid of them, you know, and to develop our own, you know, systems.
1: I, I want to add something to that because I, I mean, also one question that I had in uh, as, as part of my question, and something that was addressed at the symposium, was this: the omnipotence and omnipresence of uh, the. Uh, ...institution in, inherited from the, the, the you know, former co- yeah. colonial administration. And um, obviously we're always in this situation... I mean, I'm based here, but I'm also working in Africa, and we, I think we all faced with the same situation where we're working internationally, but also some projects are funded by, um, you know, Western institutions. So sometimes we looked at, you know... That, I mean, we're always in this situation where we're trying to... Um, you know, express our own voice, or express our uh, cultural uh, productions, but there's Western money involved. But I also, also like to say that in the West, I mean, my mom lives in France. I have, you know, there are African people paying their tax and this is tax money. And I think we are also part... I mean, we're in Africa, but we're also here. And I think that's something that nev- must never be, you know, forgotten, that we also pay our tax mm-hmm. and that a lot of African people work in, like, you know, work in hospitals and... Ampo and tax offices. So there's, there's, we're also contributing in the West. So that's something that we never, mm-hmm. we must never lose sight of. So I wanted to add.
2: Any yes? Question. Yeah. Wait for the mic. <laughs> um,
0: my question is: If um, you think that uh, the the galleries new galleries and um, maybe a new partnership with galleries could galleries become a strong or a stronger agent and cooperative force in building up and supporting your work and i mean this is we are here as a result of a collaboration i just wonder what are what is your vision how to uh. elaborate that further
2: mm. Uh, I don't believe that one segment or one format can be paramount Mm -hmm. especially not within the art sector. It needs everybody and it needs the profit, the non-profit, the critical, the non-critical, the the decorative uh, and uh, engaging. I mean, it needs uh, the artist, the curator, the dealer, and so on, and working hand in hand, so to speak, if you want. You know, like a chain reaction of uh, of things. So, uh, uh, in in my personal case, for raw material company, for instance, and I I think that. Uh, 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 it's on not only the art industry, but it's also the economic industry. I mean, the economic side of the of uh, of uh, of Senegal or of Africa, if you want, by the by for the matter, that needs to to improve in order to you know build a significant you know base of wealth and knowledge to in order to support all that. So. Uh, uh, there can be for some people collaborations with galleries or with institutions or developing kind of own format of, you know, of practice or servicing or, or of products sh- and so on. But uh, I don't think that it can only be one thing. Especially, you
1: know? I think, yeah. the
2: contemporary practice
1: now yeah. is sort of shifting. I mean, artists don't want just to work in galleries. They mm-hmm. also want to express themselves, you know, Uh, uh, public space, they want to invade public space and it's, I don't think that
3: gallery is the only, you know, goal of the the artist. And I think also the etatic has to work with the private also Mm -hmm. in order for for it to be, you know, Mm -hmm. workable, you know. Um, And often in our countries, uh, the problem is one or the other works better. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, definitely in Algeria, the private is not Non-existent. I mean, yes, the Ministry of culture has money and creates, you know, uh, events and exhibitions. There is a museums, blah blah blah. But in terms of private, there is nothing uh, really happening. I mean, uh, to the point that uh, uh, you know, it's struggling. And I'm I'm hoping that other people are going to create, you know, other projects. But uh, it's not. It's just not happening. It's just not something that. Uh, and there isn't no curators also, and there is no art school, curating school, and there is no critical schools also. And, uh, you know, there is also this kind of uh, So I guess what we're hoping by doing what we're doing is that we can develop this little, you know... But it's, it's a big task. I mean, it is a huge task. Uh, and I know, me personally, this area this is not enough. We need 20 different type of area before we can stop thinking of a, a North scene in Algeria, you know? Uh, Any other question
2: in the audience? Yes, is the gentleman here, maybe, then the... I I was
0: in Algiers... Uh, Oh, thanks very much. I was in Algiers earlier um, this year.
2: (laughs) Can you introduce... Oh yeah, I'm
0: Chris Spring from the British Museum. Uh, I was in Algiers earlier this year and uh, we had a conference in Dar de Latif, went to the museum for modern art and uh, the art school and so on. I was wondering... Do you interact with those organisations or...? Do I, know they, do, you know I know all of them. You know all of them, yeah. I know all of
3: them, I know all the people who run them. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, I, I speak to all those people yeah. and we try sometimes to uh, create some kind of collaboration. Uh, in, the, in the case of L'Arc, because when you went to Villa Abd it was yeah. on the Arc that you were invited, because yeah, it was for yeah. uh, Rashid Qureshi exhibition, that, I, yeah. I believe. Um, We have tried to work with them, but it's impossible. It's just not easy.
0: Why is that?
3: I mean, in terms of money, I mean, they offered to give some money, but I knew it was conditional, uh, Mm. you know, in some ways. But secondly, it's the way in Algeria we don't have the uh, financial bank and fresh structures that perhaps some other countries might have. So they will give us some money, but it will be in dinar okay the local money so it's money that can only use for certain things in algeria Mm. the type of project i need i need to have money that can circulate outside of algeria and in algeria and it's basically almost impossible to get money out unless you take it in suitcase yeah so i mean some things like that that kind of really limitates you and uh, somebody might give you one hundred and fifty thousand euros But what can you do with that if you can only buy local stuff with it? And your artists are coming from all over the place and Mm. you need to buy some plane tickets and you need to get a transporter from London to. So, you know, it kind of has a lot of limitation. The other one, the MAMA, the Museum of Modern Mm. Art uh, and Contemporary Art in Algiers, the director, Mohamed Jahish, is a good friend Mm. and he's very willing Mm. to do a lot of projects. He has very little money. Uh, not a big budget, Lack has much more money than he has, mm. uh, but he's willing to give the space at least uh, to collaborate with him, you know. So, you know, not everyone is difficult to work with, but it tends to be quite, you know, quite a struggle. I must admit,
0: uh, I not heard of Aria, and I was rather surprised that during that entire fortnight...
3: Yeah. I mean, for example, the initiative we do with L'Ecole des Beaux-Arts, uh, uh, I mean, you've been there. Yeah. It's because I happen to know uh, a teacher, uh, art critic, curator, Nadia Lagun, who's the only uh, curator, I should say, in, in Algeria, who worked with her. And uh, she, because she teaches there, she actually opened up the door, you know, just you know, uh, generously for you know, each time then an artist comes. She will then uh, invite them to present their work uh, to, to the students. And usually it's only for the student, but she opens up to everyone who wants to come uh, on, on those days. So, you know, I've treated my own contacts and my own, you know, um, yeah, contacts, basically. And, and you have to have people who believe in your project to want to work with you. I mean, often the, the state doesn't really believe in what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what the heck, a, residen- a flat, a residency? What's that, why, you know? But, and you know that at Villa de latif, it is a residency space which is a ghost town, yeah. nobody really, and it's an amazing space. Yeah. I mean, you know, I wish I could have that space. Well, but
0: uh, I there is any chance of, you perhaps.
3: With Lark, to be honest, impossible. The, 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 the person who runs it has a lot of money, a lot of possibilities and, and spaces, but he's just a nightmare, so you can't. Other people, they've got less money and less power, but they're willing to collaborate, so that's what we do. We yeah. collaborate with them when so you won't can be worth me
0: writing and look,
3: you know? But you can, but he knows who I am and I know him very well, you know really but um, yeah. its just that there is a point where also with Lark anyway, that they have the logo on everything, it's one thing. but when they start telling you that you have to work with this artist or that you have to do things a certain way or not another, yeah. it's, it's not possible. I'd rather be private. Yeah, yeah. you know like you said, at least we do what we want to do as much as we can do yeah. because it's not as easy as that. You know, we mustn't think because it's private. We can just do whatever we want. There are a lot of limitations. In my case, the flat is in a building with neighbors, you know, so I have to take into account, you know, also what the uh, neighbors might think when there are so many people that comes in and out all the time, men and women. Uh, You know, at times we're 20 in the flat. Sometimes the flat is empty for three months. You know, you have to negotiate all those things, you know. It's, uh, It's not an easy task, but, you know, as long as it's working now, we carry on with it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I say, I but I do have support from some officials. I mean, they're friends and they're, so they're there, so we'll see, you know.
2: <coughs> there is a lady question? back
4: there. <clears throat> I'm thinking about the title of your talk, Building Art Institutions. Now, when I think of building art institutions, I also think about building narratives narratives of the past and narratives of the present and narratives of the future. Um. So how do you position yourselves as builders of institutions with regards to those narratives and in the face of very powerful institutions in countries such as the States, the UK or France, which are very rapidly building collector platforms with the possibilities of buying works um, which have themselves been building narratives but outside of Africa. So do you feel threatened by that? Or do you feel it's uh, it's a chance for collaborating with them?
2: Uh, no, I, I really I have to be honest. I do not feel threatened by Europe or the U.S. at all. Um, how shall I? How can I put it? I mean, we don't we don't play in the same league. Yeah. We are not even playing the same sport. Yeah. You know, so pff, there is no room for competition. There is. There is not even, you, it's, uh, and and at the same time, I think that uh, uh, the work that we do at Raw Material Company is a work exactly to, to to produce our own discourses, and uh, that of course can appeal and be interesting to a wider range of people from totally different backgrounds of uh, cultural backgrounds or intellectual backgrounds but uh, uh, we don't work in uh, in in looking at what others do or don't do we work uh, with the idea of what do we need to do exactly
3: yeah.
2: and what is needed to be done and uh, if America responds to it, fine. If it doesn't, I, we don't really care much, really, honestly. And, uh, or oh, Europe for the matter. And we were talking here yesterday, especially in the context of this fair, uh, when we were preparing it, a lot of people ask us, why London, why now? Like some people, especially uh, in France, why not Paris, and why London, and so on, I mean. Uh, I, I really think that uh, uh, projects are really f- uh, lived by the people who who uh, initiate them. I mean, uh, this fair was initiated by a London-based professional, mm-hmm. so it makes it make sense to to uh, to place it uh, uh, in London. And what I wanted to say is that yesterday someone was saying that oh, they would want to see. Uh, these galleries soon exhibiting at Freeze. I say, ho, oh, hola, on, one second, because the idea is for these, these spaces or uh, these galleries not to go and exhibit exhibit at, at Freeze. The idea is that 154 grows and takes another wing and develop its mm. own framework, and within the week of. Uh, of uh, intense ac- uh, cultural activity, artistic activity in London. Uh, of course, we are thankful to Freeze because to provide this kind of platform. But the idea is not for 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 the galleries upstairs to move to Freeze, you know. So we are not preparing a kind of uh, uh, the ground for for Freeze out Fair uh, because, uh, I mean, you all know, most of you know at least that. Uh, uh, it takes so long for uh, uh, Art Basel or Frieze or FIAC or Art or whoever to even consider any gallery coming out or outside of their system, you know. So why uh, trying to, uh, uh, to, to force to be in that system? We have to create our own system and this is what we are doing.
3: I mean, looking at the success of, the, of mm-hmm. the fair, you know, and the amount of people that actually have been to Freeze and have come here and have gone back and come back. I think, you know, it shows that there is a need and a demand for... Uh, now, if tomorrow uh, Freeze invites uh, Aria to do a project there, I might say yes and it'd be good, you know, and I might do it. But I don't think, yeah, as, as you said, I don't think it's, and I don't think it's as easy as that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think you show here
2: and then the next step you go and show
3: at FIACO Freeze. I think, that's you know, a the, lot of things have to change before that's that.
2: That's not even the ambition, you know. That's no, really not. not the ambition at all, be it from independent spaces on the in the continent, be it with this project here. The, I think that there are new kids on the block, you know. I mean, the the, The generation of uh, the advocacy inclusive uh, uh, work is taken over by another generation who just do what they need to do within their own system and within their own kind of uh, uh, ideas. And uh, I really thank the the older generation of practitioners and, and art professionals who have done an amazing work for us to be able to do something like this today. But uh, I think it's a, it's a whole new generation of, uh, of, uh, of young and uh, independent, uh, highly educated African art professionals on the ground that are doing things that are needed to be done. And that might not necessarily want to be also at Friis mm-hmm. and FIAC and also, you know.
3: Um, I think it's not, you know, it might not be appropriate for mm-hmm. everyone. I, I was thinking
4: about affairs. I was thinking about... The idea of museum building and building a collection, a patrimony, so that the artists, the local artists that you're talking about, have the possibility of being informed by what's happened in the past <laughs> and yeah. that their own works that you are helping them produce, you know, a large amount of them will stay within a situation that will also encourage dialogue. I'm just thinking about those kind of narrative buildings. You know, how do you how do you think about those? when so many large museums are actually very speedily going into that terrain and buying and acquiring those works and bringing them to other nations. So I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about institutional building as building also of collections
3: and narratives. I mean, this is definitely a problem. I mean, I can talk about the Algerian model. I know the Museum of Modern Art is buying some artworks at the moment, only recently, Oh, yeah, and I should say perhaps only a few pieces up to now, because it needed first to have the institution and the space to do that. Uh, to collect and to conserve and preserve, et cetera. So it's doing it, me personally, I won't never go into that terrain because that's not what mm-hmm. I'm interested in, to be honest. Um, but you are right to say that in the case of Algeria anyway, it's a bit late, it feels a bit late now when a lot of the Algerian artists have been bought by and are, you know, in many many <coughs> institutions. And hence, perhaps why Algeria will now struggle to acquire work by those Algerian artists. First of all, because of the money issues, they will probably pay dinar. The, the Algerian uh, who lives in New York or whatever might say, you know, it's not interesting for me, you know, i get that money there, I can't get it out, I can't do anything with it. So there is a um, thing that kind of makes the process quite slow, but it is happening. I mean, in the case of Algeria, they opening also, the building a museum of uh, African art, where they acquire also works. So things, but it's very slow and it's not at all on the level of, of what's happening in the West, really. And so, I
1: think you, you, need also, you also need to consider local collectors. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm sure, I mean... am talking you, about you, institution, I mean, collectors, yeah, there isn't any... Uh, jail, yeah, so. but uh, you know, you, you don't know what might happen in 10 years from now, Yeah, you know? It might yeah, be exactly. that uh, raw material expand. Yeah. You, you know, but, I mean, it's just hypothetical, but it's just, yeah. you, don't, you, you don't know what's, no. you know, you're, you're creating something, and... But I,
2: I totally hear what the ladies are allu- alluding to, and... Uh, it's, uh, it's like David and Goliath. We are so small, so small, tiny institution. Mm. I mean, we work hard to get a grant of 100,000 euros. I mean, how can we compete with a Tate that is getting a Nigerian bank to fund them to buy uh, an African collection? I mean, it's kind of paradoxical also, mm. you know. Nobody has really raised that, but we are getting to the collecting, uh, uh, talks like right after this, so you are welcome to stay because I think that it's an interesting discussion to continue there. But uh, uh, I, I, I mean, I don't think that we can, we can, we can even compete. That's why I said earlier that we are not even playing the same sport. We cannot be in the same league because that's it's. We don't. We don't have a collection. I mean, we don't have money to buy. The, the work that we produce, for instance, you know. So, how can we do that? We can only rely on collectors or in institutions that, or also on a, on a, on a, on a public vision from the African countries that they understand how important it is to, uh, to you know, to preserve that production. Yes. I'm Suzette
1: Bell Roberts from um, South Africa, Art South Africa magazine. And
2: just on that point, um, as we speak, there is a very large magazi- uh, magazine, a large museum being developed in Cape Town,
0: mm. um, collecting specifically African art. Mm. So I know that it's the southern tip of Africa, um, but it certainly is serving that purpose, mm. that
2: function private museum? It's a privately owned museum, but I believe, I believe that it's yeah. no, much no much bigger. I believe that it's it's going to rival the size, and, and, and this is hearsay, but rival the size of MoMA, uh-huh. so in York, so I think we should all be looking forward to that. And, there is and, also they're, and they're collecting yeah. from Africa. Exactly. Right. I mean, there in that level, there are also initiatives like for, the Museum of Equatorial Guinea, which is presented here. And there is also the the whole Syndica de Colo Mm -hmm. uh, uh, initiatives, which are very, very big also. So uh, I think that uh, a lot of, uh, uh, a few uh, uh, advanced and enlightened uh, African philanthropists are understanding the need and the necessity to invest massively and big time into preserving art and promoting art and uh, buying art for you know future generations. Mm. But stay the collection this discussion continues overlaps with the next panels
1: Thank you. Thank you.